is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. I'm inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. I'm under arrest. Well, I'm under what? I just want to do whatever serves the corporation best. The night, Mr. Wanton. Stunt Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Recording a show from a private car in a public Ferris wheel it's World Champion Podcast. My name is Brighton. And I'm Sean. We are two gentlemen who signed a bad contract with the Smogville World's Fair, and we are forced to record a weekly podcast in which we discuss the only things we truly understand, obscure and forgotten pop culture, and other mysteries of the universe. Right. How's it going? Right. Good, good. It's, it's, it's been a very uh, accommodating week in Smogville. It's, it has been. It's, been. it's been a bit trying for some. Depending on where you get your news, but mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Our numbers are down, frankly. People, our our live audience is right, not basically non-existent at this point. Attendance uh, to the fair, but attendance to the fair is down. Is is very has gone way down. It it, it it partly you know there's some critics that say it's because the fair has been going on now for six or seven years. Nonstop, and it doesn't help that we ran out of hot dogs, mm-hmm. and and that, that it's it's such an easy place to get mugged, or violently mm-hmm. assaulted by a roving kind of warrior style themed gang, like a baseball team, or maybe like a gang of cavemen. Yeah, I mean know? the the that's just once you're in the fair, and then getting here, you have to deal with the highwaymen and the mm-hmm. the road agents. It's, that's right. It's really a Robin Hood kind of situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I've had an arrow pointed in my face. I've never made it to the fair with my boots. I, I I'm walking in barefoot barefoot because i don't have my boots anymore yeah that's why i leave my boots behind and mm-hmm. just go barefoot the whole way so mr pumpernickel had a brilliant idea he's the uh, head of this fair i don't really even know what his job title is he, i would say owner operator i think he just bought that sash he wears just says boss mm-hmm. and then that mug he has world's greatest fair owner yeah which i've never seen a mug like that it must be a, a custom situation Zazzle. right <laughs> Zazzle. <laughs> I'm sure Pumpernickel went straight to Zazzle, even though the the internet's outlawed in Smogville. Yeah, but to drum up more attendance, uh, Mr. Pumpernickel came up with a great idea, and I'm going to back him on this publicly because I think it's a really smart move, and it's to basically ask for volunteers. We're going out into the community. Into the community. Outside of the fair, into the greater Smogville right. area, asking for volunteers to attend. Mm-hmm. And it's, we, we Mr. Mr. Pumpernickel sends some, God, I don't, I don't want to say thugs, but I, I want to say giant, meaty, monstrous, kind of brain-dead, Frankenstein-ish sort of employees. Yeah, I mean, they, we all have our faults. Right. Nobody's perfect, but we have it's it's a whole new push to ask for volunteers around the city and then yeah. once we find those houses well, by volunteer we mean whatever house we stumble upon. Well, it's one of the, we have one of those um rolling barrel things mm-hmm. like like when you call bingo. Right, with the the balls in it. Yeah, and, and then be- it just has an address on it and we send the the I don't want to say thugs, but Again, we send yeah. them to 
to uh, to get those volunteers and bring them into the fair. Right. And you, of course, they have to pay admission. Well, they're, to they're, get in, it's but. it's mandatory. We mm-hmm. reaccommodate them, drag them straight to the fair. Yeah. Regardless, you know, it could be it could be a couple miles. Like I've seen people being dragged down the street. But you know they they volunteered in the Smogville sense. Yeah, and yeah, and it ha- I mean I don't know if it's working yet. I used to work in marketing in a former life, and I think it's a very interesting technique. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see it. We'll see how it works out. I mean, hopefully there's some analytics on it. Yeah, some of the the initial we're uh, get, we're getting the press is kind of bad. Yeah, it, it, they've really been unfair. It's it's been a kind of I would I don't want to go as far as to say it's it's fake news, but it's it's very. It's very like upset news. It's very mm-hmm. like reactionary news because we we've taken these volunteers and we've dragged them straight to the fair. You know, sometimes you've got to, you know, you know how it is when someone volunteers for something like if there's a soup kitchen or something, sometimes you just got to pop them in the face a couple times. Well, it's like that old phrase, a horse can volunteer to go to water, but you can't volunteer you to can't, drink. You can't volunteer to drink. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, one or two employees have shown up with concussions and, and missing teeth. But, I mean, that's part of the whole fun of a fair. You know, you think of churros, you think of deep-fried Twinkies, and then you think of, like, not getting your front teeth knocked out and stuff. You know, that's, that's just, like, kind of a fair experience. Well, it was kind of overshadowed, too, last weekend when, during the belly dance show, a scorpion fell from the rafters and into our mm-hmm. lead dancer's bejeweled mm-hmm. brassiere. Yeah. It's, it's something that made the news, and it's such a... It's such a silly thing because we all know how many scorpions are in, in Smogville. They, they are everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so the media has twisted it to make it sound like it's, you know, scorpions are falling from the sky, which they are, but it's not... Not in the springtime so much, right. though. And, and, and not when, like, you know, like in, in later in the year. There, there, there's a few times a year where scorpions are not raining down. They act like this is, like, some kind of huge thing, you know? So... I don't, I don't know what the big deal is, because Mr. Pumpernickel had to come out and, and apologize, which, you know. Well, his apology was just a fax that said, hashtag sorry, not sorry. Right. And, you know, I don't think that's going to go over well, but we'll, yeah. we'll check in next week with this, it's, I guess. It's, it's always interesting when a corporation responds to a controversy with YOLO. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but, but, you know, again, we're backing Mr. Pumpernickel. We back the Smogville World's Fair. These volunteers are being unreasonable. They're being belligerent. When they all they need to do is just come to the fair and enjoy just buy it. Buy a ticket and enjoy know? it and, and re- get themselves a hot dog. Bun. And we will reaccommodate you, come right to the fair and be reaccommodated with extreme prejudice. Yes. So I just want to get that off my chest. Um, I have a favor to ask of our listeners. Okay. Um, I'm doing a Kickstarter. Ah. You've seen those shirts that say John and Paul and George and Ringo. I have. Or if you haven't, you've seen the ones that say like Snape and Dumbledore and. Mm. and Jabriath yeah. and I, I don't I'm, I'm not really familiar with Harry Potter or like Ian and Henry and uh, whatever other punk guy you want or sure, Ian or, Ian and Henry and Glenn and and uh, uh, the guy that cuts himself with the glass. Gigi <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're having yeah good old Gigi <laughs> you know what it is it's just white Helvetica font against mm. black it's a classic iconic mm. thing and um, it, you know, it's a lot like those uh, "Stay Calm" and "Carry On." Yeah, it's exactly like it's that. It's spun uh, off on a million little, like, funny little ideas. Yeah, what would you call it? A, is it a snow clone or a template? I'm not sure, but it's a snow clone is one of those things like 
keep calm and blank or, mm-hmm. or like blank is the new black or something mm-hmm. like that. So anyway, I, um, it occurred to me, I was uh, hosting one of my trivia shows and one of the clues was uh, the name is the same as that one actress from Star Wars. And it occurred to me, there's really not a lot of women in Star Wars movies. Right. There are those main four. And then I pictured like, oh, what about that John and Paul and George and Ringo thing with Carrie and Natalie and Felicity and Daisy? I was like, oh, I'll just go online and find that. And I couldn't find it. Which, is, which kind of blows my mind. It's kind of weird. So I'm Kickstartering it. So far, uh, I have 23 days left, and I have two backers who are friends of mine. <laughs> so I really, honestly, I mean, I'm being, full disclosure, I kind of thought just putting Star Wars in the title, and then yeah. I just sit back and count pennies, you know? No, I, I, I told you, that this is a no-brainer. Yeah. I was like, you don't even need to, to work very hard. This, the yeah. money's coming to you, but apparently we have to get the word out. Yeah, and then also it turns out that most subreddits don't want you to post your Kickstarter project. Interesting. So I was like, well, Star Wars on Reddit has 1.4 million subscribers. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we don't allow Kickstarter. And I guess if they did, it would get out of hand. But, you know, I feel like Reddit is a meritocracy. You upvote, you downvote. Mm -hmm. Let the people decide. But the true true democracy is is smogville mm-hmm. and so here we don't have those stupid silly rules about kickstarter so let's let's spell it out right now what is the address okay it's kickstarter.com slash projects slash one two zero two three nine six five three eight slash real dash heroes dash of dash star dash wars dash enamel dash pins dash stickers dash t dash sh question mark ref equals user underscore menu so, easy to remember so hit that up yeah and just uh, throw that on there type that out right now Easy to, to remember, easy to tell your friends, but just in case, just to be kind of anal retentive, let's, let's th- we're going to throw out a link on our Twitter and our Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, and if you want to just go to Kickstarter and search for it, if you just type um, Ladies of Star Wars Helvetica list pins, stickers, t-shirts, or um, it might also be known as Real... I changed the name today. Mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be called Ladies of Star Wars because right. I thought that sounded kind of condescending. Yeah. But I changed that because I today because i was like maybe that's more uh eye-catching so it's currently called ladies of star wars helvetica list pin stickers t-shirts or look for real heroes of star wars enamel pins etc right and we're um, doing this is being done to make the world a better place right so, so you'd like so just let's let's all have fun yeah let's go out there and get some and s- support those ladies of star wars right it's cool and it, and also what i like about it it's kind of a uh it's kind of like a secret code. Like, if you go around wearing a Star Wars shirt, it's like, oh, yeah, Star Wars. This shirt will require people to look at it and then kind of take some, mm-hmm. kind of think about it for a second. They go like, oh, it's the Star Wars actresses. Mm-hmm. Clever. I like that. Where'd you get it? It is. And I'm not going to, like, like the amount of money I need is the amount of money that it will take to produce these things. I'm not right. trying to get rich quick. It's mostly mm-hmm. just that I thought this would be a cool thing to have, and it didn't exist. And I can't afford to go make 100 T-shirts because I want one of them. Right. This is, like I said, this is to make a, the world a better place, a more fun yeah. place. Next month, we'll, we'll get to the money-making scheme, which is when I'm going to start to re-kick some new designs for Big Johnson shirts. Uh-huh. You know, just fishing. Lot, lots of innuendo about big penises. My goal is to make a lot of money. Like, I, I, I don't want to just have fun. This is for fun. Next month's the real money. Big Johnson Kickstarter. Well, more info to come. That's a pretty good idea. How do you feel about fire hose imagery? I like. <laughs> <laughs> and if even if you don't contribute, like if you don't, you don't have to contribute just for the sake of of whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want it, do it. But if if you don't feel like backing it, please share it on your own social medias. 
because mm. it's it's really hard to get the word out, and we need you to um, to right. do that. And then also my little trick was the pins will be on backing boards that say World Champion Podcast and have our logo. So oh. trying to do this like circular thing here. I would love that. Yeah, like. And then, oh, world champ! Oh, what's that? I got the, I got my Star Wars pin. Let's hear people talking about non Star Wars related mm. bullshit. Right. So we're we're calling out. We're we're asking for some volunteers. Don't make us reaccommodate your Kickstarter money. You know what I mean? Mm. Just just come volunteer, have fun. Yeah. Let's do this together. May the force be with you. I made that up just now. Oh, I like it. So if there's one thing that um, we wouldn't need to beg to Kickstarter, it's our probably most Backed segment. Most back, most kickstarted. This segment. is our most kickstarted segment, Mysteries of the Mysterious. Sean, what do you think is the f- longest you've ever walked at one time? Wow! W- but without stopping for pizza. Without stop. Okay, that that changes it. I would say twenty-five feet. Yeah, I was kind of. I, I thought maybe thirty, maybe three houses down from my house. Yeah, I was trying I, to answer that start, today too, and I was <laughs> before I start knocking on the door of a neighbor and being like, "You have pizza? Do you happen to have any pizza?" It's like how you borrow sugar. Yeah, can I borrow a full pizza? Or it's like how I asked, like, "Hey, can I bum a cigar? Mm. <laughs> can I bum some cocaine? <laughs> I just need to borrow three slices mm, of pizza." Right. For this recipe, I'm yeah. making uh, my pizza dinner. Can I borrow your fur mink coat, floor length purple? But no, really. Do you? I I thought of this this afternoon, and I was thinking, like, gosh, I don't know, a couple miles, mm-hmm. three, four miles. Okay, yeah. I can't think of uh, any time where I've had to walk a long distance to get to a destination. I've gone on walks, like I'm just going to go on a walk and get some exercise. Any but I don't count that. I mean, like, what, the farthest I've walked to get to where I'm going. I would say the longest walk I've been on is one I didn't intend to take. It's, it's been like a series of, of terrible mistakes where I ended up walking through a city at midnight because of many hilarious hijink situations. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. You, mix your, you missed your taxi. You are a taxi driver. Someone stole your cab. There's a lot of reasons to walk through a city. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, um... So in 1925, a woman known as Lillian Alling, or Alling, arrived in New York City. So the 20s, I don't, New York, it's, there's cars and stuff. It's bustling. Right. Um, probably a lot of bright lights. It's a big mm-hmm. city. Um, Lillian is her Americanized name, whatever that means. She is uh, from Russia or possibly Poland or maybe Estonia. Mm-hmm. All we know is that she's Eastern European. Okay. She and gets it, to New York. Well, it's one of the... Like when someone comes to the Big Apple back in the day, it's it's you if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Yeah, she couldn't cut it. I'm just <laughs> she immediately wanted to go back. She got there and was went, fuck this. Oh my god. Well it turns out that she did not like crowds. Oh, so maybe she should have chosen more of a Midwest town or something. Yeah. Than she... than New York. Yeah. Um I don't like New York. I'm going to head to Mexico City <laughs> where I can spread out. Nope. Forget that. I'm going to go to Tokyo. Ah. Yeah, so it's 1925, right before the, uh, the stock market crash and all that. So things are booming, booming mm, like crazy. Okay. She doesn't like noise or crowds, so she's like, okay, I'm going to get back on that boat right now. But it costs money to have a really long boat ride. 
How long? How long does that take? Pre-airplane and pre, let's say early 20th century, a, a ride. I, I'm guessing you're leaving from either you know England or or somewhere in Scandinavia or, or France, from like, like or, Liverpool at that time. Yeah, maybe was the port. Maybe Hamburg. I, I don't have a good sense of distance because I've only been on planes. But I mean, this is like months of traveling in the ocean, right? Well, if and also if she's from Russia, then she had to get over to England via what? I guess train, train, carriages, maybe donkey, probably donkey, underground tunnel, tanks driving over frozen German soldiers. There's a lot well, of that's routes. True. This to... was post uh, <laughs> post World War One, so. <laughs> yeah. So there probably any rails that existed were exploded by then. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's like a Dukes of Hazard thing. You have to kind of get a generally sort of train that can make jumps. Yeah, you have to get a super train, which is what's am, like amazing about the 20th century, is that you know we can do it. We put our minds to it as 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 a species. We can come up with trains that can jump over ravines. You know what I mean? Well, this is beautiful. I have found a timeline that shows the crossing time from Liverpool to New York, breaking it down year by year from 1833 to 1952. Oh, wow. So it, of course, got faster and faster and faster. What, what year was this again? So this is 1925. All right, let's look at that year then. It's looking like, amazingly enough, only about six days. Oh, wow. By 1955, it had been down to less than four days. Okay. Wait, let me make sure there's not like an asterisk, like because they had, and it says like intense because they had a performance enhancing planes or what? Like, what's, yeah. what's the asterisk? Yeah, the asterisk. <laughs> you know how you, when you're looking at stats and it's in like the millions, right? Uh, wow, four. Well, I'll be darned. It's not that um, big a deal, man. Four, like four days that you said, or six days? Yeah, no, that's a that's a cruise to sunny Mazatlan. Mm-hmm. Well. Now i got to figure something else out here, then. I was really expecting months. 66 days for the Mayflower. Oh, wow. That sounds just really awful. You're with a bunch of really prudes, a bunch of prudes what, on what a boat you, with rats. <laughs> what are you mainly doing, would you say? Because I, like, and you, see, you see in movies, people are always pulling on ropes, and, like, and like sales yeah. are going up, but mm-hmm. I mean, once you're at, at sea, if you're if you're talking sixty six days or whatever, like a couple months, you know, yeah. how many sales do you have to put up? Like you're mainly just laying around, right? And I think all the songs that you perform happen during that part where you're climbing the ropes and mm-hmm. stuff, right? And then once you're at sea and the sun's above your head, there's no songs to be had. You probably just sat around and read the Bible in between bouts of wild diarrhea, right? And then and then keep thinking. Is that scurvy? Do I feel weird? Is that scurvy? Yeah. No, it's not scurvy, is it? And then you're thinking, how much longer? Oh, I have no idea. Nobody <laughs> does. I wonder if we're almost there. <laughs> it's one of those situations where the captain's going, we could get Amer- to America in three weeks, or we could sail off the end of the earth. We know the earth ends soon, and it's just a waterfall into demons. <laughs> waterfall so demons. I would say... My guess is 17 days or an eternal descent into hell. Whoa. Bingo's at five. <laughs> I, can hear, I can hear the gatekeeper jangling his keys to Yeah, hell. the gatekeeper to hell down there. That's the gatekeeper to hell. Or it's Tugless. Tugboat. Is his name Tugless now? Our, our mascot, of course, is a dog named Tugboat. You've seen him mm-hmm. on our logo, he's, hopefully. He, yep, he's, he's in here with us in the, in the Ferris wheel cart. 
If you, I, I've been calling him Tugless lately. Tugless MacArthur. It's, pretty, it's good. It's good. But his, his true name is Tugboat, and he, I don't think he likes nicknames like Tugless. Tugless. Look at him. He's looking at me right now. Like, I don't know any Tugless. He really is like a, like a cartoon 1920s dog. I swear I've seen him, it, when you do something embarrassing, I've seen him put his paws over his eyes and go, <laughs> And then a, a weird, unnatural, like the film had been put in reverse or something. Yeah. Yes, I understand. He's not wearing his, his Jughead little cloth crown as much lately, but he's still got that look. He definitely does. <laughs> So she's going to get back on the boat and go back home, wherever the hell home is. Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. So this, she's only lost a week and a half. It's only two weeks since she's left Poland. Yeah, she's about 25 years old. Um, handsome woman. There's pictures of her. There's a couple pictures of her. If you Google her, Lily, we'll put those on our, on our social meds. I love the term handsome woman. because that's It's the, the only way to describe her. You see that, her and you're like, oh, handsome that, woman. That's how you describe any woman from 1800 to 1900. Basically, it's true. Yeah, it's it's definitely how you describe Georgia O'Keeffe. A handsome woman means very like rugged, like could take could take probably a cannonball to the chest. You know. Well, that's kind of her whole deal that we'll get to. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's got them twenties fashions going on. So twenty gets that, some jobs. a lot of a lot of Vaseline in the hair. Mostly Vaseline. A lot all of, over. of yeah. wa- That's how you do that wavy nineteen twenties hair female look. You know. Vaseline. It's, it's true, man. You get Vaseline. I'm not even joking around. You put Vaseline in your hair, you yeah. get that wave. Yeah. So, yeah, because that was before perms, before the permanent wave. Right. Um, she, gets, uh, she tries to get some jobs, like, you know, she works as a maid. She works as a cook or something, just these low-paying jobs. She's trying to save money. She can't save enough money for the boat. So she starts going to the library. And um, she doesn't speak English very well. Okay. But she's going to the library, and she's looking at maps. And she is drawing a map back home. <laughs> and then in winter of 1926, started walking home. So, so is... <laughs> wait, wait a minute. From, from New York? From New York City. She's so, walking back so home. So mainly her research was drawing little, like, waves then. L- lots of waves. No, she can't go back over the water. She's got to take the long way. Which She's is go the other direction. through the North Pole? Pretty much. Oh, through Alaska. Through Alaska to you, where Sarah Palin can see it. Because you can see Russia from Alaska. Uh-huh. So that's a good place to start. I get it. Okay. Well, that's a good place to end, but you're starting in New York. So she's going to walk from New York back home. God. Yeah, a walk from New York to Alaska. That might take more than six days. It's going to take a while. Um, sometimes she'd run into people and... She would only say, I go to Siberia. Those were like her only words. I go to Siberia. So first she walked to Buffalo. Okay, well, again, what year is this? 1925, you said? Yeah, 1926. She's 20, finally got her map 26. So I guess there's, there's still a lot of land, but there's at least some cities west of the Mississippi. Yeah, but not when you get into um, northern Canada. Right. Which is where she went. Right. Canada, yeah, even like Montana, even 2017 Montana is pretty much empty. Yeah, I, I was just there. There's not a lot. <laughs> not a lot going on. So she, we know she went to Buffalo, and then um, there's conflicting reports of whether or not she went through Chicago and Minneapolis, or if from Buffalo she went straight into Canada. Okay. And um, she's got her walking outfit. She has a metal, metal pole for protection. 
like a small iron rod. So, so what is she, so this is I'm gonna I'm gonna start t- thinking this in terms of Frodo going to Mordor, just to help. Yeah, it's help, probably a lot farther to help me ease into this idea. Yeah, yeah, Mordor was only like 400 it's, miles. This is 5,000 miles. Yeah, this is much further, much mm-hmm. much further. So she has a metal pole to walk with and to attack bears and whatever other yeah, ruffians or 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 highwaymen, highwaymen, coyotes everywhere. Yeah. And then, and then, what else did she bring? Did she have a? Did she have that that el, elvish bread? I don't know like, what she was doing like, for food. How are you going to eat for five thousand miles? Yeah, and she doesn't seem to have like a sled or anything. She's got a little backpack. <laughs> and um, do you know what I think about things like this? When you, when people are going to go out on great treks, I wonder if an hour into walking, they suddenly are like, "I'm pretty hungry." Like I'm maybe making a huge mistake. Yeah, I had a couple of friends years ago that we were we were at a, at a party. Everyone was drinking and partying and doing all that stuff. And out of nowhere, this guy and this girl that were there were like, "Let's go to Vegas. This is going to be great." Oh, you know, yeah. and, and it's it's like midnight. Yeah, and it's like we're going to Vegas. And I was like, "Are you, are you guys serious?" And then they got in their car and they started <laughs> driving. And I just think like by three a.m. they must have been like. This was a huge mistake. And then you're at the this halfway point. This was a huge mistake. So you can turn back and yeah. spend another three hours driving yeah. or keep going to Vegas mm-hmm. and then know you have to drive six hours back. Right. Oh, my God. So do you wonder if by like 11 a.m. on the morning she left, let's say she left at 8 a.m. Yeah. Uh, by 11 a.m. she's like, man, I'm way more hungry than I thought I'd be. Well, she's probably stopping at Wings in Buffalo. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, you know, yeah. Buffalo's known for anything. It's the beautiful weather. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> but she's going to Siberia, so she's she's like so acclimated yeah, so, for this. So actually, it is wonderful weather compared to Siberia. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. No one knows why she even came to America in the first place, but, she, but we know come, that she hated crowds. Did she come alone? Apparently, yeah. God, this seems like a huge. It must have been an impulse thing, like driving to Vegas at midnight. Must have been like you, you got done it. I don't even know what you do in Siberia. It got done like 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 tending to your fields of snow, and you're thinking. Yeah, I mean it's right. It's right after the revolution, so Siberia couldn't have been a very pleasant place around then. Well, I don't know how quickly Russia got got real serious about stuff. It seems like Russia's real serious, but do you you don't think she was was she get trying to get out of the country? You think? Out of Russia to come here and then wants to go back? God, the motivations might be important. Well, that's part of the mystery here. Okay, what what okay. are the motivations? Yeah, like, yeah. We don't know, and we'll, we'll never know. No motivation for coming to the U.S. and no mo- motivation for leaving either, it sounds like. Other than just that she really did not respond well to crowds anyways. <laughs> um, I've heard a lot about this. Siberia. She... Oh, you, oh, you're claustrophobic? You don't like people? I've heard about this place. It's called New York City. That's where you need to be. Get in that elevator. <laughs> It's like a big practical joke. Um, so after about a year, she made it to Hazleton, British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Wow, a year! Mm-hmm. Like she, she, so she really committed. She's doing this. Yeah, and uh, she's wearing mismatched men's shoes. Um, she gets to the Yukon Telegraph Trail, mm-hmm. which is a. I mean, I, I'm guessing in the mid 20s, this wasn't for like. This wasn't the kind of trail where you're going to take some time off work and go find yourself. Mm. Um, what's that song? Is it Glenn Campbell? I am the lineman for the county. 
I'm not. Uh, I am a lineman for the county. I don't remember if it's Glenn Campbell or the guy that uh, sang about the boat crash. Oh, the, the, <laughs> the that guy? Edmund Fitzgerald, yeah, that, that, that sort of thing. What is that guy's name? It's, it's a similar kind of song. Okay, okay. Gordon it's, Lightfoot. Yeah, Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah, Gordon Lightfoot. So anyway, these linemen were guys that were responsible for maintaining the telegraph line. And uh, the Yukon Trail, the telegraph went up in the 1800s because that was where the gold rush was, the Klondike gold rush. Mm -hmm. So every 30 miles is a cabin for the linemen to hang out in. Oh, nice. So she would um, get to those cabins, and if there weren't anybody in there, she'd just kind of bust in and collapse on the ground. But this is basically going 30 days without shelter, or 30 miles without shelter at a time. How far, okay, I've never really gone this a, is some on, rugged... a, on a huge adventure. How, how long would it take to walk 30 miles? Like, how many miles could you walk in a day in good weather and not in brush and forest? And if you're in good shape and you're really trumping, I bet you could do 30 in a, in a long day. No. I think if you're going from sun up to no, sundown. No way. Let's see. Uh, when I go on a recreational walk, Mm -hmm. I go three miles in one hour. That is on a paved flat surface, though. And I'm, and I'm not, you know, I'm walking a little bit quickly, but I'm not like... Well, 30, 30 miles is a long day, then. You're, you're talking... Well, also, there's going to be hills. There's going to be puddles. There's well, going to be wild dogs. You're going to have to stop and eat berries. <laughs> right, you're going to have to fight off the highway, man. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, 30 miles in... in I, I don't know. Could you do it then? Could you go from one cabin to the next then? You think in a day? A long, horrible day? Yeah. I mean, if you're a crazy... She's, yeah, already, made it, right. she's already made it from New York City to British Columbia. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for our non-geographically <laughs> inclined listeners, yeah. New York City is on the right side of the continent and mm -hmm. British Columbia is on the left. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff in between. A lot of stuff. I just thought, you know, for our listeners who've never seen a map. <laughs> who've never been to Earth. Yeah, we don't, <laughs> we don't want them to. <laughs> so, okay, so she would eat, her diet was bread, roots, and berries. So she, she did have the elvish bread then. Yes, yeah, so she had elvish bread. So then. Um, roots and, like, so she really did wing this. She went out there hoping there would be some food. Pretty much, which yeah. Which I guess, I don't know, I guess you could find food. If you're just rooting around like a crazy person. <laughs> so she, so and, and when there was no crawdads, we ate sand. When you ate sand? <laughs> that's right. We ate sand. When there's no sand left in the Klondike, we ate gold. <laughs> it's one of my favorite scenes. Have in, you seen in, in Raising Arizona? The, the, oh, first, oh, it's the first montage. Just yeah. the way just the way that uh Nicholas Cage says that. Yeah. You ate sand? <laughs> Have you seen The Gold Rush starring Charlie Chaplin? I'm sure I have. It's There's been, a it's wonderful been scene where he eats his shoe. Yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. It's amazing. Yeah. He eats the, 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 the laces like, kind of like spaghetti. Yeah. Yeah. So one of these linemen, these telegraph guys, finds her, and her clothes are all ripped, and she's totally gaunt. And so he calls the, he calls the cops, and... Um, the the constable was like, I feel like it's unethical to let her keep going. Mm -hmm. So he arrested her for vagrancy, and then a judge sentenced her to several months at the Ocala Prison Farm. This so like, hey, you seem malnourished. You're going to the prison farm for some labor. Gosh, this seems extreme. Well, the idea was bit. the idea was this is for her own good. Let's get her somewhere where she will be fed three meals a day and can get rest and shelter. 
And there's no other social service besides sending them to prison. Yeah, that's so, <laughs> just like Smogville. Right, yeah. right, right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, you want to be on welfare? You have to be in the prison. So now it's, it's about three years since she's arrived in New York. She's in Vancouver till spring of 1928. Um, and then the judge... The judge had to let her out of prison. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> what is the crime? Because she had committed no crime. Yeah. Um, but made her promise to keep uh, popping into the cabins along the telegraph trail. Um, so she'd go into these cabins and get uh, meals and changes of clothes. And then she got a little, she got a dog. She had a little pupper. What, what, were there people in the cabins? Were they uh, upkept? Or was, there, <laughs> were they, was there food in the cabins? Yeah, so I think they stay in the cabins, and then their job is to patrol like 60 miles worth of line or whatever. Oh, okay, okay. So that's their, their base. Um, so she saved up all her... She worked in Vancouver and saved up a lot of money. And um, by now she's kind of a sensation. She gets to a town called Dawson City, and the newspapers were reporting on her impending arrival already. Oh, wow. Um, and there are cars at this time, and uh, here's a quote from the newspaper. Mr. Chambers offered to give her a ride to the fork of the road, but she declined. The people of, of Dawson have been looking forward with an unusual degree of curiosity for her arrival here. Did she decline because, because cars are like Satan's magic or something? Maybe it's they're like, too it, noisy it's, for it's, her? It's an unnatural thing to ride in. Yeah, it could be, no, or too crowded even. If it, she doesn't like crowds, there could be... One or two people in the car already. It makes me wonder, and I'm, I'm no professional, so I'm not going to label this, but it makes me wonder if she had uh, what in our modern era would be diagnosed as a mental, a certain kind of mental disorder okay. that made her very fearful of crowds and loud noises and very single-mindedly determined. Oh, the vapors. The vapors. I've yeah, heard of that. Exactly. Modern right. modern vapors. City yeah. vapes specifically. City, yeah, yeah, vaping. Yeah. Like they used to call it vapors back then. Now we call it vaping. Vaping, yeah. No, because you know, I mean okay, specifically I'm talking about autism. Isn't a a symptom of autism or of some disorder in the spectrum that you can't stand like yeah. bright lights, loud noises, stimulation like that. Yeah, it it it's a lot of, I know there's there's a, a I know noise is a a thing. Yeah. A lot of really like, or just chaos. Kind of, It's like too much stimulation or something. Yeah. So that would make sense, of course, that if mm-hmm. she, she was on the autism spectrum, that New York would just freak her out. Mm-hmm. And that maybe she would think that walking back is the best way. Right. So of she, course, not that every, I mean, it's a, a vast, mm-hmm. ill-defined thing. But Right. And she could have had a vaccine. She could have not had one. I don't know. When was... Uh... We'll have to consult Jenny McCarthy about this. Right. And yeah, Jenny McCarthy, uh, she, she wrote the opera about it. Mm-hmm. There, yeah, there is an opera about this woman that premiered in Vancouver in the last couple of years. Oh. She's become quite the folk hero, okay. especially around, around this area. Hero? Well, there, there better be something heroic. So far, it's just been someone wandering around. No, folk hero is just any weirdo that people talk about, no, though. I don't know. Because there's like you think about uh, Babe the Blue Ox and uh, all that sort of stuff. Who, who's the guy that, that that challenged the 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 train? Like he was gonna hammer John in. Henry. John Henry. Yes. The big three are Paul Bunyan, John Henry, and Pecos Bill. Yeah, John Henry specifically. He what he did was pretty impressive. He's he's hammering in spikes to the railroad faster than an actual than an actual train. A yeah. jackhammer or something. And then you think of Paul Bunyan, I'm not sure what he did, but he had a blue-colored cow that was gigantic. 
And I mean, that's that's more of an accomplishment than wandering around the wilderness looking for places to sleep, you know? I guess I... Unless yeah. you're thinking of this in like kind of like a Forrest Gump sort of way. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Like, I'm like, thinking of folk heroes, just anyone that people are talking about long after they're gone. Yeah. In terms of like, oh yeah, old Ned, he caught that biggest fish. Yeah, because I can, I can picture like, you think about Forrest Gump, he just, all he did was run across the country a bunch of times. But I mean, by the end of it, people are following him. Yeah. He's made up shit happens. Like maybe the original shit happens is this woman... And she said that, you know? Yeah. I'm just going to go on record and say that's true. There you go. That's pretty impressive. No, yeah. I, get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm just thinking. Just yeah. something interesting from your day-to-day life of working at this horrible, because this is in 1925. So you basically, if you lived in a city, you worked in this nightmarish, either like a slaughterhouse or, some, a, yeah, or some kind of place where children are getting their hands cut off daily. And there's eight feet of snow on the ground, mm. and there's and you get eaten like, oh yeah, Tim Johnson, bears got him. Mm-hmm, but, yeah, that's true, and that's a normal thing to well, say. Not only is your work conditions awful, your 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 walk to work, you could be enc- encounter any sort of wild animal in the city because yeah. the city is just a couple weird little cabins. So she got to this town of Dawson right before winter, and then hung out. Um, she worked as a waitress, and uh, and then bought a boat. Mm-hmm. And then spent her free time fixing that boat. Okay. So she is getting ready to go. Um, then as soon as well, it was springtime. Wait, wait. So wh- where is Dawson located? So this is, she's not in Alaska yet. She's in BC on the border of it, Alaska. And her plan is to take a boat up? up no, her- no. So with her boat, she just goes across the Yukon River. No, we see, here's the thing, is living where we do, we think of a river as just like a little flowing stream of water. Okay, yeah. But you know, you, rivers, like real rivers are like lakes that are really long. You ever seen I, that? You ever seen the Mississippi River? Uh, not, no. It's gigantic though, right? It's like, a, it, yeah, it's like a lake. Like you can't see the, the other side. So you thing, certainly couldn't throw a rock across it. No, or skip no. a rock. You'd have to be real good. It's all in the wrist, man. Mm-hmm. Like you'd have to have a hell of a wrist. You'd probably have to have be a guy who has instructional rock skipping videos on YouTube, which, without a doubt, is a thing. Is that a real thing? Uh, it's got to be. There's no way that's not a thing. <laughs> We're gonna find there's out. There's probably clubs. They probably have meetings. <laughs> We're gonna find out like, pretty soon. There's pro- they probably have meetings where they get together and show <laughs> off their rocks, and they're like, oh. And then there's like, as with any weird um, esoteric hobby. There's always, like, the assholes who are way smug about it. Like, uh-huh. oh, yeah. Yo, I, guess, I guess that's a good skipping rock if you think an igneous can balance out the Bernoulli principle. There was one, there was one time where, where I went to a bar in San Francisco, and apparently this was the bar that all the yo-yo enthusiasts went to. Yeah, see? So I go into this bar. It's, oh it's got God. all these tables outside, like picnic tables, like ten of them. And I, I and like five of them are filled with guys standing next to the tables doing yo-yo tricks, and I was like, "What is happening?" Yeah, but it's the same situation. It's like that. This, this is what happens: yo-yo, the Virgin Society, all that. You know. Okay, here's the record from 2014. It was 88 skips. Kurt Steiner did that one. 88. 88 skips. That's on video. Now I don't know if that it's record on stands. Video? Well, yeah, you're not going to try to break the rock-skipping re- world record and not film it. How could that? Oh, it's from a bunch of different angles, too. <laughs> How could that record not stand? 88? That's a, the most I've got is maybe three. 
I would say four on the best day of my life. When my, my wrist was extra limber. 88. Okay, Kurt Steiner held the record from 2002 to 2007. And then he got it again in 2014. So Kurt Steiner's the guy. We're the, Kurt Steiner. So the fictional rock skipping guy we were just talking about has now become real. His name is Kurt Steiner. And the current skip number is 88. Well, let's see. It, um, what does he have? He held it from 2002. The current champion is a guy named Dave Omer of Titusville, PA. Now, that's only 40 skips, though. So he just so I guess he's just like the current World Series winner. So the all-time world record was 88 skips by Kurt Mountain Man Steiner. And that was on September 6, 2013. Wow. In Pennsylvania. That almost sounds unbelievable. Now there Wikipedia's letting me down here because the previous record was 65 skips by Max Steiner. So is Kurt the latest in a long line of skippers? <laughs> I the thing that's crazy about this is I would say four or five I would say ten skips is super impressive. I can't even I can't even imagine eighty eight skips. How many keys are on a piano? That's more keys than a piano. That's right? exactly as many. Is it eighty eight? Yeah, it's a lot. Now in Scotland it's called stone skimming, mm-hmm. and uh, they don't measure it in number of skips; they measure it in distance. So that's kind of the football soccer. Kind of, kind of difference there. It's not, it's not as fun to measure it in distance. Yeah, that's stupid. Because then that's just whoever has had the most steroids. It sounds way more serious there. Because in Scotland they have to use um, slate from the quarry. Hmm. Stoneskimming dot com. Well, we'll certainly um, post a bunch of this stuff. <laughs> in Bulgarian, it's called frogs. In Bosnian, Croatian, Montenegro, Serbian, it's called to throw little frogs. That's the term for skipping These are the stones. terms, yeah, of course, in the original language. Um, Danes call it slipping or to make slips. Uh, in Finnish, it's called throwing a sandwich. French, of course, beautiful. Faire des ricochets. Oh, of course. A lot of, them are, a lot of frog-based stuff. Mongolian, it's making the rabbit leap. Polish, it's letting the ducks out. Now, that sounds like slang for something quite different. <laughs> Who let the ducks out? Oh, somebody step on a duck. <laughs> it, are there comp- is there like a competition, uh, an annual yeah, stone? Yeah, so that's how it works is there's a, there's a competition every year. Is it, where is it? is it? Pennsylvania. Every year? Yeah. What, what is the venue? Just a big goddamn lake or the <laughs> ocean or like? Uh, Some kind of lake thing. Okay. The ocean. Now that'd be really hard. That's too choppy. You gotta have probably some calm seas. Wow. Oh shit. I clo okay. Oh man. I closed the tab. Okay. Then I wanted to reopen it to find more information. Mm-hmm. I mistyped and it autofilled. And now I'm on the now I'm finding all this information about cherry pit spitting. <laughs> Alright, let's go with it. Alright. So what's the is this, this is you eat the cherry, then you spit it, or? You're spitting out that, that, the pit, the to, or stone. Do you have to eat the, the cherry every time, or do the they just have a bowl of stones, speed. you know? Like, so, so what is this competition? Who can spit the farthest? Or who can, like, eat, a, eat a, the most cherry pits? From Wikipedia, spitting cherry pits is an amateur sport. There are no known professional leagues of cherry spitters, 
though this may change if enough people begin participating in this sport. So somewhere there's a guy who's like, you know, get, you get more people. He's like, we got to like, tell your friends. He's like, we need more Olympic events. How about cherry pit spitting? The record is which not- is kind of fair if you think about it. There's so many ridiculous like what is a sport exactly? Think about the sports there are that are considered. Think about Olympic sports. The Olympics, too. okay. Yeah. There's a lot of ones like there. There's the one that the, the low hanging fruit, which is the what's it called? Where they're shining the ice, curling, so, curling, yeah. Where they're like rubbing the ice down so a, a thing can float on. That's yeah. so stupid. It's almost unimaginable. There's one where you ski and then shoot targets or something. Yeah, the ski and shoot. Like that's like if that's a sport. Well, then there's like throwing the shot put, throwing a javelin, throwing a discus. I mean, those are pretty classic, but they're still not far removed from cherry spitting at all. This is why the human race is so stupid. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why the human race is the dumbest thing that's ever happened to the planet Earth. It's because we've arbitrarily chosen what's important, what's considered a professional sport, what's considered. Think about basketball. If you really think about it, it's guys throwing a, a ball into a basket, into a th- hole. How is that any more noble or athletic than spitting a cherry pit? I've, uh, I've mentioned often how I enjoy listening to sports radio for, right. for analysis. Go mm-hmm. jazz, by the way. Right. Whoa. I know. On sports radio, sports radio, where mm-hmm. these guys talk about sports. They're they basically li- get their together. Their lives are dedicated to this. Much like you and me. Right. They get together and they say, who's going to win? Who do you think is going to win? Well, I think they're going to win. Mm. Why do you think they're going to win? I think the other team's going to win. Then the game happens and then they go, well, here's why they won. Right. Because, they, I think because they won. They, they spit that cherry pit farther. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, all these sports shows, there's only so much sports to talk about, especially in a market with only one team. Mm. So they've always got to do like, oh, and now it's time for the Wacky Wednesday story <laughs> of the day or whatever. They're talking about how ESPN is going to start covering League of Legends, which, which is a video game that I don't understand because I'm too old. It's like World of Warcraft or something, right? It's, no, I don't think so. It's like it's not dragons and swords and stuff. I think it's like you pick guys. I think it's more like Pokemon. Like you pick three guys and then they fight. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The kids love it. I know they love it. I know it's free also. It's huge. I've had friends tell me, play League of Legends. And I say, I don't have time to do fucking anything. Like, I can barely watch TV, let alone play video games. Um, So they reveal that League of Legends is going to be on ESPN. And this guy is, like, so pissed off about it. The sports guy? The sports guy. The old school sports guy? And he literally says, watching other people play a game... Without just any, let, like, just let that sit, with, yeah. yeah, just just let that hang in the air yeah. there for a minute, mm-hmm. without any sort of of what's what's the term irony self awareness yeah self awareness without any sort of self awareness you're what you're telling me you're watching guys play a little game that's made up yeah when you could be watching guys throwing balls into a hole which is a game <laughs> that was also made up yep. No, I know. It's, well, that's the thing where it's like if it's older, it's somehow got more – it's more respected. Like this, this is Tra- – uh, Tradition. Yeah, I just I, – I, I only care about tradition. I'm, I'm so tempted to go off the rails and just go into a big rant about – no, I'll just leave it. Well, the record is 95 feet, six and a half inches. For throwing spit- – Spitting a cherry. Oh, bullshit. 95 feet? Yep. Was this like Superman? That's 29.12 meters for our f- worldwide friends. 
The World Championship is held in Durin, Germany. It's also practiced in Serre, France. There is an official handbook at tremendous-fruit.com. How is that possible? You can't spit that far. That's not fucking possible, man. That's like a third of a football field. That is not... I'm, he's got per- performance enhancements. That's like, now, how do you, he, he's that, got tongue enhancements. Yeah, yeah, he's got some sort of like steroids injected directly into his gums. <laughs> That's not you cannot do that. I've spit plenty of bubble gum out of my mouth. It's never made it more than three f- sidewalks. No, squares. but you know how do you get to Carnegie Hall? <laughs> Practice. So the point of all that is that the Yukon River is pretty big. Okay. It's a really big river. She paddles across it. She gets into Alaska and um, finally makes it to Nome, Alaska. Mm-hmm. Which, which ironically, is... the population in 1925 is identical to now, I would say. Maybe there's four or five more people. Probably. That's not the capital, is it? Fairbanks, the capital? Anchorage? I don't know. So from Nome, you got, I mean, really, you want to get to Wales, Alaska, and then get over to Lavrentia, or you could hop over to the island of Savunga. And that's Russia now? Yeah. So Nome. How, how, how far is that? Is that? Nome's the, the closest I, point. I know you can see it, but I mean, what does that mean? Well, I don't know the distance. I can also I'm see just, the moon. Uh, I'm just looking at the Google map here. Okay, that's close Maybe enough. Nome is a, por- is a port, but the close part is a town in Alaska called Wales, then the middle is an island called Diomede. And then Nakan. The thing that's funny, the thing that's really funny about that is though, although you're technically back in Russia, you're 11 time zones away from where you lived. Right. That's the thing. She's going to walk all the way there. And like, we're only talking about the 5,000 miles from New York to Alaska. Yeah. Russia itself is. is, Siberia can't be no picnic. No, Russia itself is something like, it's no exaggeration. It's something like nine time zones or something. It's insane. So her boat was found on the, Bering, the coast of the Bering Strait on the Alaska side. So she didn't try to make that boat, take that boat over there, we don't think. Um, but the last time she was spotted was in Nome. Uh, from there, she would have had to convince Eskimos to take her across the Bering Strait and into Siberia. Okay. Or rather the native people. Maybe Eskimos is the incorrect term there. Um, in 1972... So now she's a legend. There's books about her. There's poems about her. No one knows what happened. She could be at the bottom of the ocean for all we know. Let's hope not. So she, she disappeared then. She disappeared. Her boat was left on the Alaska side. <laughs> this so, she, she, so she didn't attempt to take her boat. Tugboat's looking for her right now in the <laughs> yeah. couch cushions. Well, let's just take a break about talking about this to talk about how Tugboat is burrowing into the couch, under the cushions. He's, go, he's going to ground, man. He's smart. Going into hibernation maybe <laughs> yeah. for the summer. He's trying to find a cherry spit, cherry pit to spit. In 1972, in True West magazine, which mm-hmm. sounds sounds legit, <laughs> it's it, do you know it sounds like a magazine in like a Coen Brothers movie or something. Yeah. So he writes a uh, an article about her, and then this guy writes in, who says, "I was in." Yakutsk, Siberia in 1965. And I met up with a friend who had been in the area in 1930. Yakutsk is the coldest place on earth. Is that true? Yes. How, how cold? What was what that? What, what's like an average temperature? Deep, dark purple. <laughs> 
It's blue. It's like a dark blue. It is. It's saying? a dark purple. I've, I, uh, I've never seen a purple color before. I used That's to cold. work. Um, I used to work next to this art installation mm-hmm. that was these uh, multicolored LEDs that would display the weather. Mm-hmm. So the wind, the the way the LEDs blinked would indicate the wind, and then the color would indicate the temperature. Mm-hmm. And then you could send a tweet to a certain number. And you could tweet a city, and then it would display the weather in that city. So to demonstrate how cool it was, I would always type in Yakutsk to watch it go from like a sort of yellow amber color to, just to a deep the, the dark deepest purple. Deepest purple, like purple rain. So. Yeah, totally. So, do you think people are going to know what tweet means in thirty years? Do yeah, because it's going to be what caused the world to end. Oh yeah, that's true. I guess our president tweets, huh? Yeah. So it is. <laughs> okay. But maybe not. Fair maybe enough. it's like like we see those. Um, we all know what those like stock ticker things are, but we have no idea how they work or what they do. We just know there's some kind of old timey thing. I just would love to to sit in the classroom in twenty one twenty and have a teacher explain to the students what social media is. Yeah, and have them be just like blow their minds. I wonder if it'll be a thing or or if it's going to be like the norm. At that point, they'll be like, "You used to have to." To use a phone to tweet? You couldn't just do it with your mind? Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. Because, I mean, the fu- this is the thing about the future. There's two camps on the future. It's like, that's all there is. Yeah. It's either Mad Max. Or, or Star Trek. Or it's Star Trek. Yeah. And that's it. And, and personally, I, without a doubt, think it's Mad Max. Yeah. And I'm not even thinking far future. I'm thinking 2019, maybe. But it's it's... It's just one of those things where, like, the world's either going to be everything. Social media is the the way the wor- the humans interact, or it's going to be we interact by trading gasoline, yeah, with you know, in order not to kill each other. Well, also, if it's we're good. if we're talking about history classes, like, think about even now what is taught. Mm. Of course, we grew up with the telephone. <laughs> we right. grew up with the telephone. <laughs> <laughs> like we're fucking special. <laughs> Telephone's not a big deal to us in your history class. What did you learn about the telephone? You learned that Alexander Graham Bell invented it. Right. And that maybe he spilled something and he said, Watson, I need you, or whatever his buddy was. Right. That's okay. it. That's all you know about That's it. That's it. And there's, there's probably a lot of really interesting stuff there. I'm sure if you wrote a book about the development of the telephone, it would be very long. So, so what, it, what is the, the, uh, the essence of social media? Then? So it's just, what are they going to teach? It's, it's going like, to boil there down to... There was a guy to, named... Uh, what's, that Zuck, what's his first name? Zuckerberg? It's just, I think it's just going to be... Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's it'll just be at the end of the 20th century... Uh, computer-aided communication known as social media became the norm, connecting the world in unprecedented ways. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the chapter. On th- but they, they have to... They're not going like, to go into Facebook. No, they have to go like Mark Zuckerberg sent a message over the internet to one of his friends, and he received it, and he said, Eureka! <laughs> yeah. You know, it's going to be quaint and really yeah. stupid. It's going to be like the story of Tesla or something, you know? It's not going to have. It would be. It would probably be some guy uh, at Caltech in the '60s or something. Then, oh, so they'd probably talk about that stuff. See, even we that was 30 years ago, and it laid the groundwork for everything we know now, and we don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. And we're a couple of smart, well-informed dudes. <laughs> it's, a, it's also <laughs> yeah. Not to mention, this podcast goes out over the internet. Right, we use the internet daily. Every single day, I use the internet. So this guy's saying... Do you think there's people out there that brag 
are bragging that right now. Will they use the internet? Just drop it in the conversations. You're you're on a first date, a Tinder first date, and you'll be like, yeah, I got on the internet today, and I was looking up stuff. There's definitely, no, they're not bragging that they have the internet, but there's definitely some awkward people on Tinder dates who are just bragging that they're good at the internet. Oh, okay. Yeah. They like, got, I can, fi- I can find I, stuff. I can I, Google. I know, I know all the Boolean search terms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, what you do is if you are searching for a term, but you don't want another term to be included, you type the minus sign. Is that actually true? I think something like that's true. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, on, I'm a member of a lot of different forums. Yeah, but I've been writing words all over the internet lately, and people have been, they've been clicking a thumbs up on it, you know, because they just... I have 250,000 karma on Reddit. Wow. I subscribe to so many subs. Do you know what subs are? Well, I'm, I guess not. I'm way good at the internet. I'll tell you what the sub is. A sub is a meatballs and lettuce and onions and all that. Just kidding. No, it's a hoagie. It's, it's not a bad joke. That's bad. It's not, not at all. No. no, no, no. no. I'm going to defend my sub joke. Well, I don't know what a subtweet is. I know that's a term. Is that really a term? Subtweet. Like, oh, with the subtweets, I don't know what that means. Anyway, so this guy says that he's talking to his friend, and he was just kind of poking around. This is 1930, so this is five years after arriving in New York, um, maybe four years after starting this walk. Okay. And just happened to actually see a woman in tattered clothing standing on the shore surrounded by native people from the Diomede Islands. The Diomede Islands are right between Alaska and, and Russia. You're... So he says she's standing there with a bunch of natives, and they're being questioned by officials. And, uh, and um, he said he overheard the woman talking about how she was an outsider and had to come home and finally made it. <laughs> Wait, five, five years later? Yeah, so four years later. She's, she... only, she's only halfway there, right? Well, she's on the. She's literally on the shore of Russia with the people that rowed her over there. That's that's she's that's. <laughs> so I guess so. I I just thought. Can this you was... imagine spending ten years of your life getting somewhere? Like yeah. I, I only live this long. I'm going to spend a good portion of it just traveling. Well, to journey is to live. Oh, it's not the destination; it's the journey. Because that's true. She okay. spent she spent five years. Okay. Um, she spent five years trying to get home, but man, think of all the things she saw. I would love to do the Great American oh, Road Trip. Oh, the places you'll go. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I've always wanted to see the entire continent, just not on foot. Mm-hmm. I and mean, I can barely walk one of those recreational trails. Mm-hmm. But um, that, that, yeah, I mean, she she. It wasn't that she ten years her life was on hold. She was living, no, man. When you, when you put she it was that living. way, when you put it that way, it's actually super cool. Yeah. So no, so I guess that's. The, I just thought this was a really interesting story. It's not necessarily a mystery. The mystery just is: was that really her on the shore? We don't. All we have is one man's anecdote, mm. one man's secondhand anecdote that he saw her on the shore. Do you know and, what? And then from there, where did she go? Did she just go live a nice, normal life in Siberia? I'm going to talk about the real mystery here: is how far could she spit a cherry pit? Or how many skips could she get on a stone? Is that in the history books? It's not, and we'll, it's a mystery. She walked for four years right, with no company. Mm-hmm. So how else is she passing the time? She's spitting things. She's, She's skipping things. She, she must have eaten a lot of cherries. She's probably written so many songs. Mm-hmm. She probably got so good at... I'm sort of hoping she had a harmonica, because that seems yeah. to be what you need the most when you're traveling alone is a harmonica. There's a couple of pictures there, though. She looks totally cool. She's got an adventure hat and 
Rugged boots. <laughs> How would you describe it? The adventure hat. Well, I just did. An adventure hat is an adventure hat. You know well, what an adventure okay. hat looks like. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. The first thought that popped in my head was Curious Ger- George's owner, the man with the yellow hat. So I'm thinking of a giant yellow sort of cowboy hat where the bill is flat. To me, that's an, the adventure hat. You're the, missing the, one thing: a what? great big feather. <laughs> Just kidding. It's not what it looks it's like. Kinda, yeah. But yeah, I'm really curious to uh, to see the opera based on her life that um, was in Vancouver ten it's years kind of ago. Unreal. Yeah. Thing the the biggest change, like we we talk about these old historical events, like the, these people are living such different lives. But the difference between someone in eight, in 1925 and someone in 2025 is basically what your hat looks like. That's you think true. Of, you think <laughs> That's exactly it, true. You think it, like I've never seen a picture pre 1930 where a man doesn't have a hat on of some sort, some kind of fedora, some kind of hat, you know, so, yeah, some kind of like sombrero type thing. And a woman would have a bonnet, you know. Yeah. Like the the, the biggest change of the human race, we act like we're so advanced now, but the only difference is there's less hats. That's it. There's different hats. I'm wearing a ball cap or right di- now. Or different hats. Yeah, baseball really fucked up the whole fedora situation and, yeah. and bowler and all these goofy hats. Yeah. Like, baseball caps really, which, you know, baseball caps are way cooler. But what'll be next? I mean, baseball caps, how, in the grand scheme of things, it's just a drop in the ocean of the baseball hat era. And then there's different kinds of baseball hats. There's snapbacks. There's flat brims. There's, like, you wouldn't see someone in the 80s Wearing like a high crowned flat brim baseball cap like you would now. Yeah, yeah. Um, or then in the nineties, people wearing their hats backwards. No one does that anymore. I did that literally two days ago, so that's cool. But <laughs> I'm going to tell you something that that I think is the future, because because a lot of what's going on right now, like the internet privacy, is kind of a big thing. Net neutrality. I'm thinking the next thing in hats is like in in a Fat Albert. There's a guy who has a hat that covers his face. Yeah. So I think the next big thing in hats is hats that are big enough to cover your entire face and maybe a slit for your eyes. So you have a giant kind of cowboy hat or sombrero, but it's got either eye and holes. Then, and it maybe has a logo on it, too, so you don't just look like a bank robber. Well, I mean, I mean, well, when you think of bank robber, you're thinking of a ski mask. I'm talking yeah. like maybe a cowboy hat, but it's so big it's going <laughs> down to your shoulders. So, yeah. so like the 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 brim is is sitting on your shoulders, and then it's got a slit for your eyes. So you look like Orko. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly like Orko from He-Man cartoons. That's I'm just calling it now. I call him how I see him. I'm you know I know about I know how the future works because I've because I know where I came from. You know we're talking about the past. Yeah. I, like you don't know where you're going unless you know where you came from. And if you examine hats, I mean. There's got to be some kind of hat in the future. Well, I think I want to end it, and I want to recall what you just said, because I think it's pretty profound Mm -hmm. that throughout history, we're really all the same. The only difference is what kind of hat we're wearing.